Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I just want you to know, as the music was rolling, voice of the Red Raiders, Jeff Haxton, tweeted out, a jalapeno burger will fix a lot of your problems. To which I replied, that is solid life advice. How are you, Spencer? Good to see you. Oh, man, thanks. Yeah, uh, good to see you too, man. I... I feel like it's it's been a while. Like we've been recording on a different schedule throughout the summer. And I think we're adjusting into more of our fall schedule now or getting very close, but like, yeah. Our summer shorts come to an end. Yeah. Tonight, no more shorts today. This episode is all about a summer recap. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about name, image, and likeness. Cause that went into effect July one. Uh, We're going to talk about the baseball and basketball professional league drafts, MLB and NBA drafts happened where Texas tech players have ended up. And then um, we're going to talk football, talk a little bit about the, the transfers in for all three sports, mainly as just like a recap. Like, like don't forget, especially for football as we're going into fall camp, getting ready for the new, new look red Raiders. Cause there's so many new guys yes, that will be contributing Uh refresher. Like, Hey, don't forget about these 10 guys that are coming in that will probably be playing significant minutes this fall. Um, and then the elephant in the room realignment, which we're going to start with once we get going. Um, we, we decided not to jump in the middle and record something super early on just with how fast everything was changing. It felt like we would have gone through and recorded like an, a two hour episode for it to be outdated the next day. So we, uh, we elected to kind of take a step back and it's been like a week and a half and it feels solidified at this point, which is crazy to say like as momentous as this change is going to be that like it's all over and done in like nine days and it was a whirlwind week and a half. Yeah. It happened super fast was not, it didn't seem real, but then you, th- it definitely not yeah. for me. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it some more. I know yeah. it was just, it was just bizarre how it happened. I couldn't even put my head around how this benefited people. And then I guess I'm just an idiot hey. to still under, to still not completely understand how it, how it benefits anybody. You're not an idiot, but speaking of bizarre, you want to keep up with our thoughts. 23 personal on the Twitter, 23 personal podcast. You can follow me also at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK Instagram. And also 
on Spotify Green Room with um, some trial and error. We figured out how the best way for you guys to find us is you got to look up my name. You got to look up Spencer Rogers. My the name is on there for 23 personnel. It doesn't search for 23 personnel. Yeah. So if you search 23 personnel, you don't get anywhere and you have to look up my name too. So look up Michael McDonald. We're both on there. Yeah. And I'm not sure which, which I don't think it'll matter which account we'll be going live from, but it'll, it'll be one of those. Um, but yeah, so Spotify green room is obviously the live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use for you guys. It is for us too, but talk to me, Michael, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. We are not the only podcast on Spotify green room. We are not going to be the only area of interest that you may find on Spotify green. They've got all kinds of things outside of sports. Sports is actually a small piece of it, but it's the piece I'm most interested in that piece that you will be interested in. If you want to listen to our post game instant reactions, they will be live this year. We will also be releasing a recording of it, but Spotify Green is the way that you'll be able to jump on and discuss the games with us. Share your own experiences on the app. You can start or join ongoing conversation conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Join the conversations with me and Michael and have a chance to be featured on our podcast, Win Through Personnel, because like I said, it will be live. We will be recording it, and then we'll be releasing it as our Saturday evening regular release podcast. So we'll double dip there. If you get on, then you'll be on there twice. How cool is that? All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app. It's free in the iOS and Google Android app stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers to be notified when our room goes live. Like I said, we'll be going live Saturday evenings after the games. Come with your spiciest of takes. Oh, say, can you see? Hey, speaking of spicy takes, really quickly, I'm going I'm to drop in a uh, little going yard update here. <laughs> okay. So I've gone all in on growing hot peppers. Um, ah, the, I see. The I peppers outside are doing okay. They they got a little beat up in that storm this past weekend. It's fine. Mm. It gave me a chance to actually try a pepper that got knocked off a plant. Hungarian wax pepper. Um, wasn't as ripe as it needed to be, so it was a little crispy. Still pretty good though. Um, that sounds harrowing. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's like twice as spicy as a jalapeno. So it's not like super hot, okay. um, but I'm growing jalapenos. I'm growing Hungarian wax peppers. Both of those, they say you can harvest when they're green. I'm going to let them go. The Hungarian wax pepper will go yellow and then maybe an orange. And it's supposed to get a little hotter. I'm going to let the jalapenos go to red. Try those out. They're supposed to get a little softer and maybe a little hotter. I've also got habaneros growing and a couple of cayenne peppers. But the update, I'm probably on some kind of like federal watch list because I ordered a grow tent to grow some peppers indoors because I like, I want to grow some like super hot peppers. And they're notorious for taking forever to grow and to produce the fruits, the peppers. So I'm growing a different variety of jalapenos. I'm gr- growing ring of fire, which are supposed to be hotter than cayenne's and Tabasco's uh, red scotch bonnets, which are supposed to like they're similar in heat to habaneros, but different flavor. And then seven pot primo, the buccalokia, which is the ghost pepper 
and then the Carolina Reaper. But I'm so I'm starting this just, indoors in this indoor tent, which is primarily made and meant for growing marijuana and cannabis. That's not what's happening in my bedroom. It's peppers, but that's your going yard update right up front. So I know everybody loves to hear it. <laughs> well, I, I was just enthralled and I can't wait to taste some of the hot sauce that you're going to make, right? You're going to make some. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sort of some hot sauce. I'm going to make some, some salsa as one. We do have some tomato oh. plants out back. Uh, in the actual garden, but then on the peppers themselves, I'm going to make, I'm going to try to ferment some. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not. That's not just the sound of that first sip of morning, Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning, right? Just like customizing your terms. So your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Building a fermenter or anything like that. I'm not going to go for like longer than a week or two. Um, If I remember right, I think you basically need a glass jar and then you just need to kind of like shake it and open it up every you know, twice a day or something like burp it a little bit. So those, that the CO2 can get out of there. Yeah. And they also have like, like a airlock lids you can put on there that will release the gas out. If I don't want to burp it anyways, excuse me. Some of the best hot sauces are made from fermented peppers, like Louisiana hot sauce, Tabasco. Like those are fermented that they say aged peppers on the bottle, but it's been fermented and they take the juice from the fermented peppers and then add some, like a little bit of salt and then vinegar, and then that's it. So it's based on, on the flavor of the pepper, how how much pepper you put in there, obviously, and how much vinegar. Anyways, I'm looking forward to trying it. I don't know if I have enough plants just yet to make a good amount of hot sauce, but we're going to jump in and do that. Definitely make yes. some salsa. Speaking of vinegar, are you ready to talk some realignment? Dude, salt and vinegar, I feel like is what went through all of our veins. Yeah, completely. It was, Salty and vinegar. Good chips, by the way. Realignment. Man, my goodness. So I guess you all are well aware, but we're going to go through the timeline really quickly. Just to, to, I guess highlight the point that we were making early on, just how cr- fast, crazy this whole thing went down. Wednesday, July 21st, Brent Zwinnerman with the Houston Chronicle, Chronicle breaks the story, um, which turned out to be like, why, who is this guy and how did he get to break the story that comes a little bit later, but that UT university of Texas and the university of Oklahoma are seeking to leave the big 12 in athletic competition and join SEC early on all three of those organizations, Texas, Oklahoma, and SEC released like, Hmm, I don't have no, no comment. And everybody was like, there there's no way this is like, there's no way it's going to happen. But then there like a lot of people are like, well, 
they're not saying that this is not happening, right? Yes. If you look at the legal speak, it was all just basically don't believe everything you read. Mm-hmm. Patronizing stuff, but it was it was just non-statement statements. They said nothing. Well, and and they denied nothing, which yeah. is, I mean, you know, in retrospect, was the correct call, obviously, right. because yeah. <laughs> you know, with within a week, they were out of the conference. <laughs> yeah, but by the following Wednesday, they had requested invitation to the the SEC. Anyways, uh, so that was Wednesday. Um, everything's going crazy. Like nothing new is coming out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it dominated everybody's timeline on Twitter. All of the sports talk shows, basically probably all over the country, definitely out here talking about like, is this really happening? If it does, what's going to happen to Texas tech, or the big 12 on Sunday, uh, Texas and Oklahoma presidents meet with the other schools in the big 12. Um, but it was like a weird conversation, right? Like it was again, like, uh, we're not really going to say anything or like, like the, they were asking the remaining big 12 teams were asking Texas and Oklahoma like, what's going on. And they basically said, I don't know. Well, and I think also they were asking, I, I think it was kind of foregone at that point that the report on Wednesday was true. And that on Monday it had, it had leaked out by that point that Monday Oklahoma and Texas were going to turn in their, their last book report or whatever to their, the big their 12 two people. weeks notice essentially. Yeah. Their, their four year notice. <laughs> and so this meeting was, I, I, I pulled it up really quickly. It wasn't, there wasn't much to it aside from a uh, big 12 conference executive committee consisting of big 12 board of directors, chairman, tech president, Baylor president, uh, commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, Oklahoma president, UT president, uh, basically said the meeting was cordial. They expressed a willingness to discuss proposals that would strengthen the conference and be mutually beneficial. So basically they were trying to kind of wrap their heads around why they're doing this. What if there, if there was anything the rest of the schools or the conference could do to change their mind and, you know, uh, Haraz mentioned, no, it wasn't Hartzell. Hartzell mentioned during the Senate hearing, which we'll get to later, which was, that was a blast, a fluster cluck of, of proportions <laughs> to an extent. But Hartzell mentioned that he, uh, he referenced this meeting and basically said, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, every, everybody came to the table, but nobody was willing to do what anybody else wanted to do. Yeah. So at least it was cordial, but I'm kind of glad because that would have, <laughs> I was already to the point of, okay, they want, they obviously want out, let yeah, them out. You weren't going to, you weren't going to salvage that. Like they, there no. were talks about like offering them a share and a half of the TV revenue. Like don't leave us like at this point. No, like that, no, that relationship is soured. You can't like, yet they may make more money, but like you're giving them even more power. I think everybody else, like the other eight teams in the victory was like, no, we don't want them that badly. Right. And so, so after that, yeah. the, the, the next day, because that, that was a Sunday. It was Sunday evening. Day, yeah. The next day was Monday, July 26th. So five days later, UT and OU formally announced they will not be renewing their grant of rights with the Big 12, which expires in July of 2025. Uh, of course, everyone this whole time is maintaining that they will 
stay in the conference till 2025. SEC has said it. UT, OU. Of course, Bowlesby's going to say it. He's going to say it as much as he possibly can. Keep cashing those um, checks, Bowlesby. Yes. So it's, we'll see. You, you know, at first when this was floated out there, all the experts on Twitter were saying, oh man, this will be the last year. UTOU, they're gone. They're gone after 2021. They'll and that's figure it. out a way to get it out, right? Yes. Um, Sorry, my cat feeder just went off. If no, you heard good. that, that was really loud. <laughs> and and I guess uh, up until that point on Monday, like I, I almost kind of like I wasn't in denial, but I was like, maybe, maybe part of this is just like negotiation tactics to go back to ESPN and and the the, the media partners for the Big Twelve because they they'd already turned down Texas OU trying to renegotiate in the middle of the contract before already. I think point. it was May. It was May when they, you know, the, the, the contract expires, as we mentioned in 2025. So I think they went back to them in May as a conference and ESPN said, no, thanks. We're, we're not ready yeah. to talk about anything past 2025 with the big 12 right now. So I, think I was thinking a lot of red flags for a lot of people. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, maybe this is just like, they're trying to force at the hand, like, no, we're, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, that didn't really all that make sense because it was like, well, it would still be with ESPN and it then just turned out to be where can UT and Oklahoma make the most money? Um, so Monday they, they, they released their letters to the big 12 saying, we're not going to renew our grant of rights in 2025 Tuesday. The letters come out from both universities, Texas and Oklahoma. They are formally requesting to be admitted to the sec. And again, like each step you're like, like just sank even more, like deeper into your like, Oh, this is actually happening. Like we saw yes. this happen. Like th- th- there's no going back Wednesday. Um, Wednesday was interesting because it was like, okay, so you got that letter from Tuesday and you're like, well, the sec is going to be meet and we're going to, we're going to hear back from their meeting. Wednesday comes out though. Um, and you get a, a letter from big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby to the, to ESPN saying, Hey, it's come to my attention that you've, not only been having these conversations with Texas and Oklahoma, which is in violation of our own big 12 um, bylaws or whatever, but that you're also in conversations with a different league to take different teams from the big 12 and reading into this, obviously if the big 12 fell apart before the grant of rights ended in 2025, Texas and Oklahoma wouldn't have a conference to pay their, their buyouts to. Yes, so this would absolutely release from ESPN, that, which helps the conference ESPN. to disappear. Right. So he sends us this, he sends this letter. And it's like, I'm aware that this is happening. You need to stop. Obviously ESPN's like, nothing's happening. What are you talking about? Um, but like there, there, there are a couple of articles, one, um, from Nicole Auerbach with the athletic and then CBS Dennis Dodd had one uh, that has more quotes. All these are gonna be linked in the show notes. Um, yeah, the the thing with N- Nicole Auerbach's article was she posted this on us on the Saturday before, and the article was was you know titled "The Case for the ACC to Go on the Conference Realignment Offensive," and that was you know her thoughts supposedly her thoughts of what the AC, AAC should do. I'm sorry if I said ACC, this gets very confusing. I should just call it the American. The American. So it was her thoughts on what the American should do. And lo and behold, this is exactly what uh, Bowlesby's coming out to later uh, saying that 
he knows that ESPN has reached out directly to schools within, I think within the big 12. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and with the way that the story, so it, it broke, um, you know, with Zwinderman, uh, in, in Houston and then a couple of national, um, national publications, but also one out of Manhattan, Kansas. So we're like, wow, where is K state like doing their whistleblowing? And we thought it, it may be that like, they were the ones that were being approached by ESPN or, or from a different conference. It may have been Texas tech that was approached. Um, but yeah, like it was like ESPN or Bob Bowlesby said ESPN has been interfering with the happenings on of the big 12 and trying to get it to basically to collapse and go away, which would one, obviously they have one less um, conference to pay out. Cause you know, it's not going to, the payouts wouldn't be the same, even if like, you know, all the big 12 teams landed somewhere else. They're not, not going to make as much. There was that, that, um, that I don't, it may have been Dennis Dodd, the Dennis Dodd article talking about like, well, the, media partners do have the right to come back to the big 12. It's like, well, you have an eight team conference without Texas and Oklahoma. Like we, we have the right to renegotiate our rates with you. And then we're all like, Whoa, crap. I know because when this first all started, I thought, well, this, this is a pretty heavy blow, but they've got that contract with the SPN. So None of the schools will lose out on the money that they thought they were going to get up until 2025. But then that came out and it was, it was pretty, it, it makes sense. No, it, it was, it makes total sense on the business. It, it side was like, not something I had considered. I just thought it was a locked in contract of, okay, well, if there's still a big 12, even if there's eight of you or six of you in 2025, you're each going to get the 37 million or whatever was guaranteed by ESPN and now it's obviously something they can renegotiate that could that will drastically drop down the value so what we're looking at here as Texas Tech fans the athletic department will take a pay cut whenever UT and OU leave whenever that is there will be a pay cut of some sort even if they go to a different concert conference it's a pay cut if they merge with someone it's a pay cut if they poach you know, six more schools from somebody. It's It'll definitely a still a pay. I mean, there's just no way that they're going to make the same amount they're making right now. And even, even if for some reason, like you're able to hold Texas and Oklahoma to pay their full buyout, that doesn't even make up the break. Like you don't even break even for that one year no. of, of, of media rights uh, from the payout that they're paying to the rest of the conference and the difference that you'd be making in say the AAC, the American where, they're making something like $7 million a year from their TV contract. And you're like, we're making 35. Yeah. The American, I think is making seven and the mountain West was making four. Ooh. Anyways. So that was Wednesday. Thursday comes out the 29th sec votes to invite OU and Texas to enter. Interestingly enough, the reason why is Winterman Zwinerman was able to break it was a and M like, I, I guess, behind closed doors had been fighting this for, for so long and it was going nowhere. So they leak it to him to um, throw mud in the face of Texas and, and let's like muddy this whole thing up in the end though, A&M still votes to invite them. 
I don't know yes. if it was just like what's best, like very cult, like what's best for the conference. I think it was. It or came it out just, the night before. It yeah. came out the night before that A&M will actually, in fact, toe the line. And instead of having the one chance to to try to buck this in any way, any meaningful way whatsoever, they chose to go ahead and vote for it, which I get it because there was a sentiment of a lot of Aggies on Twitter that thought the outrage was ridiculous and were, they were like, bring it on. Let's play Austin. Let's, let's play in Austin again. Let's play Texas in college station again. Let's do it. Let's renew it. Let's go for it. There were, there were a lot of Aggies that were just ready to let's play, let's play ball then. Yeah. And, and move forward. And as opposed to, Oh, but we left first and you guys are just copying us and, whoop and gig them and whatnot. You know, there, there was just, there, there was, was a lot of that. Sure. But there, I, that there were that. a lot of fans, genuine fans who were like, I'm excited. I, one of my friends who I've mentioned him on the podcast before quite a bit, he, he's an Aggie and you know, he was immediately, we were emailing back and forth that first day a lot. And he was all about it. He was like, man, just, yeah, this, this sounds exciting. I'm, I'm for it. Let's, let's see what happens. So, you know, that's from a guy my age who went to school there too. So he, he got to see the, the heyday of the rivalry. He went a decade without it. He's fine with it. So, I mean, I, I get him passing it. I think they kind of tapped into that part and got over the, Oh, I guess the secretive aspects of it beforehand, but yeah, yeah. So that came out the night before. No one was surprised that that same day on Thursday, ESPN responded responded to the cease and desist. It was about a three minute or three sentence response. There really wasn't much to it. And yeah. since they haven't really, there hasn't been anything else to do with that. Well, I mean, it's it's still so soon. To, like I don't know if there's any any kind of action that can be brought against ESPN at this point, or Probably just not. like we're aware of, of, of what you are doing. You need to stop. And if something else happens, then we've got some recourse here. Um, yeah. And Bowlesby's apparently has recourse and receipts. The man claims he's got a lot of enough info to yeah, he, really bury the worldwide leader. So I don't know. Yeah, he said, I, I wouldn't be saying all this if I didn't know for absolute certain about what, what yes. has gone on. You're like, Hmm. Okay. So I, as much as we like Bowlesby, like, what are you doing? He's like, well, whoever told him, like gave him every, like whoever flipped on ESPN <laughs> gave him everything, which is fine. Like if it was Kansas state or Texas state, like th- there's no malice. in, in, in my thought of like whoever turned on, like whatever, like I, I, I want to see them go after ESPN problem is, uh, down the road, like whatever conference you're in, you're going to have a really terrible relationship with ESPN. Like you, you gotta be looking like, okay, if we're going to get on with the American for whatever reason, like the pack is going to work out. Like you need to like go all in on Fox. Yes. You need to get away from ESPN. Cause that, that, <laughs> and, and, that, and it's, it may be a necessity yeah. at this point that that bridge may be sort of burned. We'll, we'll have to see yeah. Friday, the 30th Texas and Oklahoma both vote to accept the official invitations from the sec. So then you're like, well, there it is. It's done. So no later than July 1st, 2025, Texas and Oklahoma will be full athletic members of the SEC. Don't know what their uh, TV payout will be. 
I'm sure it'll be obnoxious. Um, another thing that's kind of been running alongside this, a uh, little grassroots campaign uh, kicked off. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give him credit for it by our Kyle Jacobson on the permanent university fund and getting that mm-hmm. realigned within other state universities here in the state of Texas. Um, that caught a lot of, a lot of uh, fire and momentum. Uh, there were some meetings. Uh, there's a Senate hearing in Texas uh, yesterday, Monday, the second, um, and basically said, it's not like now's not the time to go after the puff right now. Um, but a lot of people were saying that's an issue. We need to come back to that. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically some lands out here in West Texas were set aside in early 1800s to help support state universities in the state of Texas. Texas and A&M weren't schools at that time. Um, and when they were, they were just like, it wasn't making a whole lot of money. It wasn't producing a lot. Well, obviously since then that's a lot of ranch land, that's oil and gas land. Like the puff has billions of dollars in the fund. Yes. The UT system gets two thirds of it. A&M gets one third of UT's UT systems, two thirds, only 45%, whatever can go to Austin. That 45% of two thirds still totaled more than $350 million this last year alone. (laughs) A year. We're talking about like, even if like the Texas Tech system got a one-time payment of like, that would change the university system. Like that's like generational money. (laughs) Sure. They're pulling that in a year. Yes. A&M pulled in something like 700 million which is I think why they're okay with the two thirds, one third. Cause like they're still getting, they're still getting more than the university of Texas at Austin. Cause a lot of that goes to the UT system. And I hope, I hope to God it goes to UTEP. I hope <laughs> UTEP gets a, a, a shiny, a shiny bonus every year, but I don't know <laughs> you would figure they're the ones out there in West Texas. They would deserve well, and, it the most. Yeah. Like state schools like, you know, tech and North Texas, Sam Houston state and Houston, and Texas Southern and Texas state and North Texas, like all these schools, like even if you cut that pie up a bunch of ways, like the universities across the entire state get that much better, that much more funding to do whatever that university wants to do. It's to further their programs. It's like I said, it's, it's ridiculous. It's um, a massive advantage in favor of the Aggies and the Longhorns, just unreal advantage. So speaking of that Senate hearing, Michael, I tweeted out a quote in a video from it this one because it was just like it was I, I loved it. I, I I can't remember her name, but she's a state senator, but she's a alum from Texas Christian. Um she was asking questions of his name's Jay Hartzell, right? The University of Texas president, and said, Hey, what 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 is your athletic budget like what, what what does your revenue look like he said it's north of 200 million probably 225 to 230 she's like hmm and that's without a winning football program <laughs> and she, he's like well it we haven't been as successful as we wanted to be she's like two and seven versus tcu and then she's and then the best burn of it all is like i guess your fans want to lose to a&m no to, to alabama more than they want to lose to, to tcu yeah, she, uh, it was, dropped um, that little one-liner and Lois, Lois Kolkhorst was her name. And there were a couple of, there were a couple of little 
sound bites out of this whole thing. No, I think it was sure. a no. lot of just, I really don't know what the, if anything happened or will happen from it. Um, I feel like a lot of it was used to satisfy constituents a little bit to make them feel like their, yeah. their local representative was, was, was doing something and getting in there and, but he took like he took the heat from a lot of state representatives that were obviously setting their platform for reelection. Oh yes, yeah, you're 100 percent. Right. <laughs> they took as many shots against Hartzell as they as they were allowed. I, f- I forgot how long he was up there. I think it was almost an hour and a half, and I think mostly it was just a beating. And they they took shots at Bowlesby to um, that Whitmire guy from Houston, from Houston. <laughs> he, believe he was, it or not, could still still is not over. The, the, the big 12 the, leaving Houston. Yeah. Behind. He's, he still has scars from the Southwest conference going away. So he's ago. not biased at all. No, not at all. But yeah, a lot of his comments were just more and more of the exact same thing of leaving Houston behind. And, and you know that I'm sure that really sucked. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to make light we're, of it. We're but, about to feel that too. Houston. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking a generation later, I don't know how much, venom I would have in my veins, but you know, people still blame Kent Hance for, well, now I've even seen the connection. Now I've seen it on Twitter more than once that if tech hadn't fired Mike Leach, then the big 12 would be in, in great shape. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that is, that is a, a conclusion to aspire to jump to. <laughs> my Quite goodness. The, the other thing that came out uh, was today that Bob Bowles me commissioner of the big 12 was meeting with, I um, can't pronounce his name, the commissioner of the back 12 conference they, they actually just had their, their media days last week. And basically it was coming out like nobody from the pac 12 wants to add anybody from the big 12. Um, but they were meeting to discuss quote, scheduling Alliance, a merger and other options. This was from Mac, Max Olson of the athletic. So if you have a subscription there, you can go read that. Or if you want to sign up for the athletic you can go read that. But, I will vouch for, I do have a subscription for the athletic and I don't feel bad in saying this. The headline is pretty much all that's in that article. Oh, good. They, they met, they were going to meet and then it was confirmed later that they did meet. Um, Bowlesby was not talking about anything they did talk about. I think they met for five or six hours. I read a lot of it was just kind of getting to know one another according to, to Bowlesby. Cause, uh, the, the guy at the back 12 is new. Like he's, he's been there since June. Yeah. Klyavikov, George Klyavikov. He's Klyavikov. was July 1st. <laughs> yeah. July like, 1st was when he started. He's been on the job a month that the day that, uh, name image and likeness went into effect was his first day. And he was, yeah. I remember he was like, Hey, I didn't think my first few, my first month would be any crazier than it was. Yeah. He thought so, that was going to be crazy was to walk into NIL on your day on your first day. So that basically catches up with, with, with everything. Um, I did have a few thoughts on. Yeah, let's, let's get what that meant by really merger. Uh, I, what do you think? Does that, does that mean that Bowlesby's considering moving forward with an eight team conference, but then. So if, if you did that, that'd be a round robin schedule. You, you of seven conference games. Of seven conference games, so you'd need to fill at least three five. more power five. Yeah, you need five schools. more games per per five games per per school. Right, but so, you wouldn't want them all power five, probably. So maybe he's trying to 
because I'm just looking at Tech's current schedule. Tech plays 10 Power 5 teams a year, basically. And, well, they're not going to do that this year, are they? They're only playing the... They're playing the... The the nine conference games, and then they're playing Houston. Who thinks so anyway, they want to be a power five? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sorry, I don't. Houston. I don't know that what that. A shot. I don't know what a scheduling alliance or a merger is, or what that means, or what it looks like. But like, maybe like, maybe Bowlesby is having these same conversations with the the ACC, right? Like, hey, yeah. what what can we do to get on a rotation where like our teams will play your teams non conference, but like it, it provides high high levels of support in your, your non-conference schedules. Uh, you can sell more tickets, maybe get better media deals out of it. I don't know, but exposure in, you know, East of Arizona. <laughs> yeah. People the, are awake for, for, for the PAC 12. Obviously like it, when we talk about where Texas tech will ultimately land, um, in my mind, PAC 12 may not be the most reasonable, it is the most beneficial, I believe, for Texas Tech to end up in a current existing Power Five conference. Uh, one that has kind of been looked at as like lagging behind. So like that that may need to make a move um, as opposed to either adding teams to the Big 12, uh, most likely from the American or, well, in my mind, if you add teams from the American or if you drop down to the American, it's the same. You're not going to be a power five conference. Um, you it's, it's very little upside to this, but like if that were to happen, like you and like an Oklahoma state, like you'd be the big dog in the room. You'd get to carry a little bit more weight, but like, Oh, whoop D <laughs> we're in the, we're, we're, we're leading the pack in the American. Cool. <laughs> and, and that may not even not leading the pack in the American. How uncool is that? And, and, and that may not even be true. Cause like, like existing members that have been doing well, like SMU, Houston, central and South Florida, Memphis, Absolutely. like Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they've all got all these established, established, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they'd be like, no, new guys don't get to, to come in here and, and make their demands or I don't know. So in my mind, most beneficial Texas tech, although not most realistic would be to somehow get an invitation to the PAC 12. Um, I think I, so too. I don't like the idea of a, a merger. I don't know. I don't like maybe if, if the details on that were a little more clear laid out or the scheduling alliance would look like, holding packed at eight. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I don't, I also don't want to add teams from the mountain West or from the AAC. The only team I think you could go out there and add that would bring value would be BYU. Even considering the scheduling issues you'd have with non-revenue sports where they don't play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make that work. Like, okay. So you have, one conference baseball conference a year against BYU that plays Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Guess what? You already do that now. Anyways, like you do that around yeah. finals. Like it's and not, I think you do it that, around Easter. Yeah. You do it. You do it for Easter weekend. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal to me. You do that one more time. You don't really do that a whole lot. I mean, 
what other sports play on Sundays? Soccer, softball, basketball. Will I think women's basketball plays quite a bit on Sunday, and definitely softball. Yeah, softballs plays on Sunday but quite they, a bit. They also play a bunch of like double headers. Like I, to me, in my mind, that is not really that big of a deal breaker to to bring them in. They've stayed independent because they didn't get the invite anywhere else. Like Pac-12 historically said, we don't want a religious college, private university scheduling issues. Like there's no, there's no benefit for us to pursue that big 12. Wasn't really looking. Nobody else wanted to touch them now. Like they can be a desirable team to go after school to go after. But then who else? Like there's just nobody else that like screams out like, they will instantly bring something to the table where you also don't feel like it's detracting. Like when you added TC, like we're breaking up even more of the Texas recruiting ground. We're elevating another school. Um, and like TCU and on the most part has been competitive. It's not like they were, they weren't ready or they were just like some kind of small school. I mean, it took it some time across the board uh, outside of football, but I don't know. I, I, nothing, no current options that have been discussed or rumored really get me excited, Michael. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards, although I do agree, I think Pac 12, at least right now, sounds like the better bet of these options. I'm leaning more and more on trying to salvage the Big 12 a little bit. I'm not sure how to do it. I don't, I'm not sure when you can do it. Because it depends upon when OU and UT are going to actually leave, whether it's truly 2025 or it's a year or two before that. So how many moves can Bowlesby make before that, before they're physically gone? And then how soon would all that take place once they're gone? Would it be okay? So UT and OU leave July 2025. So 25-26 season. We're, we're rolling out the new Big 12, which now has 14 teams cause I, or something. Because I think you've got to not just – you can't just keep 10. I don't even know if you can keep 12. I think you need at least 14 to make it an interesting league. Bring in a Boise State. Bring in, I don't know, Houston, even though nobody wants to, SMU, Cincy, UCF. Bring in somebody. Try to Try to get that conference up to at least 12, hopefully 14 maybe that will build the brand enough to where the the TV the TV people will see that this is going to be worth a new contract this is going to yeah. be worth more money this is going to be worth putting some money towards this this conference as opposed to before and so i mean with that in mind what what do we look for what do we what do we want to happen i think we want iowa state to win the big 12 <laughs> i think we want Cincy to continue to be really good. We want these other teams that we we would love to, or maybe not, well, we would prefer to be paired with. We want them to continue to have good success over the next two or three years to kind of build their brands up and then make it look more appealing when it comes time to come back to the table to ESPN if they'll listen to Bowlesby at that point and say, okay, here's who we have coming. What kind of TV deal can we get from, you know, 25 to 35. I don't know. Yeah. Cause the, it's, it's not, it's not appealing. None of it's sexy no, because none of it's like a, Oh, well this will fix it. 
But the, the, there's no fixing or replacing Texas or Oklahoma, right? Like they no. knew that. We um, knew that. I would like know. for us to both say, I mean, it, no, I, I, there's nobody out there like a one for one that will replace UT or Oklahoma in terms of eyes or interest or TV dollars. Like you can't do it. Not like, a realistic one. No, I mean, and, and if you got Notre Dame, sure. They're not looking <laughs> to join a, a big 12 without Texas or Oklahoma. like, they're not going to, no. like, that's their problem is like anybody else that m- could approach something like that no longer would be interested in coming to the big 12. Like without Texas and Oklahoma, there is nothing left essentially. And I hate saying that as a Texas tech fan, like I, I, I think I'm downplaying it, but like even Baylor having just won a national championship in a major men's sport, like they're not seen as a desirable team to go play against or to have in your conference or to invite them or TCU or I mean, Texas tech has a bigger name and a brand has, has, has some great alumni bases and, and major TV markets along with Oklahoma state. Like even like I would them, the two of us schools, Kansas for, for, for football or sorry for basketball and, and their proximity to a, a large media market. Like there's just not that kind of interest in adding those teams to a, an existing conference. There's also not, that kind of pull when you go like, well, can we approach a team that's in an existing power five conference and get them back? Like Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, like teams that left to get away from Texas. Hey, guess what? Texas is gone. You, you went back in like, Hmm, actually I think we're going to stay here. Missouri. Yeah. We may get our butts kicked 12 times a year, but we're liking this $45 million a year that we're getting. Well, Nebraska, I mean, big 10 is the highest paying conference of them all. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's no reason for them to leave. No. And, and so it's like, there's nobody out there. Like, unless something major from like the big 10, like the big 10 also goes on the offensive and they, they want to make a, a, a big super conference. The SEC wants to make a big super conference and they break up the pac 12. I know it's like crazy to talk about this. This feels like we're just pulling our hair out. Like there's a there's there's hundred different there. possibilities that could happen. I mean, like the, the, the one thing that would kind of get me excited, even though I said nothing really excites me is if you got the, the invite to the pac 12 and you had like a Southwest, um, division where like it was Texas tech, Oklahoma state, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona state. That would be some feisty events. That would be exciting. I, I completely and like, agree. You with, don't have to deal with the, yep. the uppity pac 12 ness of like the California schools. Cause they're, they're the worst. <laughs> um, and, and like, they're like, they're, they're, they're so they look like look so far down on, on the remaining big 12 schools and options. It's like, you don't bring anything academically. It's like, well, you've got Arizona state and Arizona and Washington state. Like academics really isn't that big of an issue, but anyways, but they're like, well, we don't want, we don't want to add any more. Um, and like we, we can help bring central time zone in like Dallas and Houston TV markets, especially with, you know, combining with Oklahoma state. Cause I think both of our schools have majority of our alumni bases in those two cities, especially Dallas, when you consider both of them together. Um, I think uh, c- competitively, like that would be a really fun little division to, to compete in. Uh, but 
I, I just, it's such a long shot. I know I'm, I'm almost to the point of part of the reason I kind of want to keep the big 12 together is to force UT and OU to stay in it as long as they have to. So it's, it's <laughs> just partially just of a grudge from yeah. every fan base, every road trip they go on. It's partially just out of sheer uh, pettiness yeah. to be flat honest with you. But I do think there's something to salvage there um, because like you said, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the super conference deal. It seems like that's where things may be headed basically like a semi pro league. Um, and if, if that happens, Hey, good luck to the Vandys and the Rutgers of the world getting to, Maryland. S- to stick around very much, much longer uh, at the top of the top of the pile. But <sighs> You know, you got to look at the thing I keep hearing is eyeballs, eyeballs, eyeballs. You got to look at that. Houston's got a big fan base. No one wants, everyone is so offended when Houston gets brought up, but I think that's your number one option to add to the big 12. That is the, I think, the one that makes the most sense, especially I, if, cause then you're got, we're going to have to look at it this way. Like it or not with UT and OU gone, and whether it's true or not, people are going to look at, they, they will want to get to the SEC and the kids in college station in Houston area. If, if they can play in the SEC, they're going to go to A&M. If they can't, well, they're going to go to Houston or who else does Houston play against? You know, what league is Houston in? Well, Texas tech, maybe they'll go to tech or something. You know, there's, there's other things Tech plays them every year anyway, it seems like. Basically. Um, it, there's a lot of alumni there. It, I, I just think there is, if we're going this way anyway, if we're heading to the super conference route, I feel like it's in our best interest mentally and emotionally to just prepare ourselves that we will be viewed as the lesser conference. And if, if we can get our TV revenue up to maybe 20, 20 million a year or something and annex these other schools, I get people won't be as excited about it, but you'll learn to be excited about it because at least you'll be playing teams that you probably know someone who went to Houston. How many people do you know who have even been to Morgantown? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know like three. So, and, and that's because he was there for the oil field. <laughs> anyway, I just, I think, I, I don't, I don't, I, the regional thing will be kind of, it'll be nice. I'm just talking myself into it. Spitzer is basically what I'm trying to do. I'm well, trying so to take my own advice because I think that's the most realistic scenario. Another point that you can use to talk yourself into it. Um, obviously A&M and Texas feel like they have a pretty good grasp on Houston as the market, uh, you know, for, for TV eyes or for recruits, um, you know, tech and Oklahoma state will kind of stake a claim there partnering up with Houston. Um, I mean like that way you're not trying to divide it one more time. Like it's not like sec and big 12 leftovers. It may help you get an invitation somewhere else, like together with Houston. Like you, mm-hmm. you can now promise like, okay, Houston has like what, however many people are in Houston, a bunch millions of eyes like you have a better pull into that market with the university of Houston alongside than you do alone competing against 
Texas and A&M for that market. Ton of great players in Houston recruiting hotbed for sure. So I, I, I think the pros outweigh the cons, but I could see it, it not being clear cut one way or the other. Yeah. And, and I can, I can get on board with people who disagree with it, but I mean, SMU is kind of a tough pill to swallow, but right now, dang, they're fun to watch and they would be fun to play. And I remember how fun it was when Baker Mayfield started against them like eight years ago or nine years ago before SMU kind of had their, yeah, before they kind of bounced back a little bit with, with Dykes and everything. It's, that was fun. That was a heck of an atmosphere. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to that type of thing because I, I think it will revamp a few things. We'll just have to live with the fact that we won't be viewed as cream of the crop conference. That may change. It's 20 years from now, that may change. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So obviously, like, we, we have our thoughts. Like, I don't know where, where Texas Tech is going to end up. I, 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 I think after even through the 45 minutes we talked about it so far, I don't know where I want them to end up. Like, I don't, like I don't have a, a dream scenario outside. Okay. Outside of maybe big 10 being all balls. And it's like, okay, I want Washington, Oregon and USC. You're coming with me. Pac 12 is like, Oh, what are we going to do? And then you can go grab that region, right. Of Colorado, Utah and the Arizonas. Um, and you kind of pick up the pieces of the Pac-12 Southwest area. And I kind just of like don't re- see how this remake how this a Southwest ends. conference. Yeah, and unless the Big 12 somehow revamps and adds teams and stays afloat. Well, of course this is this is a dumb statement to make, but that's the only scenario I can see one of the Power 5s not disappearing in the next 4 or 5 years. Whether someone poaches too much from the Pac-12 or whether the Big 12 gets just completely dismantled. You know, West Virginia goes to the ACC. Kansas yeah. goes to the Big 10, which I keep hearing, which doesn't sound like it's – it sounds like a message board rumor that's somehow been spread further than than it should have been. But it's just – it's just not going to look the same. No, they won't. In, in just a – you know, 18 months, there's no telling what this will look like. And nothing I said, like even approaches like what the impact will look like on like a Kansas state or Iowa state or West Virginia. Like how is West Virginia going to feel about playing Arizona and Arizona state and Colorado and Utah? I, or I USC? just can't wrap my head around them going for that. I just, I just feel like, like, like they I, would be I a like great fit in the ACC and yeah, I think they would want to go there. There's rivals of teams they've had back in the Big East division. decades and decades <laughs> of history with that they could play there. I like West Virginia. I think they're a fun school to play. It's a weird uh, fit. It's a it's a weird geographical fit culturally. No, culturally it makes a ton of sense. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot. They of fun. are. They seem like my kind of people. But geographically, yeah, it it's it has never made sense. And I bet they were their travel budget and their logistics people would just love to you know, go to Penn state or something instead of Ames or instead of Lubbock or, or go up to Pittsburgh and play Pitt, <laughs> play, play, Pitt. Come play on, they're Virginia, right down the road, Virginia and Virginia tech and 
um, some non-conference games against like Maryland and Rutgers and yeah, North Carolina. Like it, it makes a lot more sense for them to be East coast. Anyways, uh, I think 50 minutes is, I mean, we, yeah, we could totally move on. Um, I, I wanted to 50, state just a couple of things. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I was going to say after 50 minutes, like, like we don't know what's going to happen. And oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't even know what I want to happen basically. So, yeah. And I, I mean, the main thing, yes, I don't think anyone ever thought differently that UT and OU were the premier programs in this conference. Uh, I think that is, you know, people who thought otherwise were, I think they're lying. I'm not sure they, they know what they think, but what surprised me the most out of all this, I figured you, UT would leave or try to, or something. And maybe I'm naive, but it surprised me that they did it together. It surprised me that they teamed up and, solidly sought out the same solution together. I thought there was a chance that maybe one of them would do one thing. And then if one did one thing, the other one would do something else. Like if UT threatened to leave to go independent, like they've done before, OU would reach out to the big 10 or somebody and just, you know, and, and try to get out as well. And, but the fact that they teamed up together and, I think that blindsided everybody and maybe I should have seen it coming. Maybe not. Our, the commissioner sure didn't. Yeah. And, and to, to go along with that, like other times that this kind of realignment talk has happened, it was if something's going to happen with Texas and Oklahoma, it will also likely happen with Texas tech and Oklahoma state. Yes. That was, that was a holdover from, I think 10 years ago, was really but. into that, uh, taking Oklahoma state with them. Well, cause like he's Whenever got, they did anything. Yeah. Like, like I, I heard in an interview, like he, there are buildings and schools on the Oklahoma state campus named after him and his family. Like they are, they were tied together and they, they said that the way they attack state and federal funding was to do it together. And now mm-hmm. Boren's gone and the new guy's like, I don't care. We're fine without him. Bye. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the president at UT's new, so they're just, it's new blood and, screw it. They don't have those same kind of agreements and handshakes and deals in place. Yeah. Let's, let's just do what's best for our schools and everyone else can figure it out. I I get that. I don't feel like either of these schools owe us anything aside from permanent, (laughs) permanent university fund possibly. (laughs) But that's that's just within the state of Texas. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm not so much, I'm not as bitter at the schools as I am at the fans and their sense of entitlement and as if they're getting a flipping check from the university of Oklahoma before this sec money deal, they're acting like it's their money. It's, it's really insane. Um, and what, just, what oh, I, boo-hoo, y'all just, we're just going to follow that money, man. Like, no, you're not, you're, you're not getting a fucking dime. <laughs> what are you doing? What I can't wait to see is like reality setting in for Texas and their admin. We're like, the weight and cachet they, they, they held in the big 12 were like when they wanted something, they got it like a and M through this big hissy fit and still ended up voting in favor. Like there, there is no rocking the boat. Like you are a member of the sec. You will go with like, this is party line voting, right? This yeah. is not like I'm going to get my way. No, 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 no. You're going to, you're going to do what's best for the conference. Like you are n- no longer 
big fish, like your nope. middle of the pack fish <laughs> in, in, yeah, in, in the SEC, like, and that attitude change and that entitlement and like an arrogance, like it's going to get you, like, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Those, those checks from ESPN, they will have the exact same amount to Vanderbilt that they will to the university of Texas. And that's going to seem fine and well for a couple of years, but then hubris is definitely going to get in the way, especially if they start to win a little bit, but I'm willing to bet if Tex, if Texas is in the big 12, these remaining four seasons, uh, they will have a new coach going into their first season as the sec. There's no way they keep Sark around that long if he's not successful. And then, and then, I mean, if it's even a question, if he goes, if he wins on average six or seven games, these next four seasons in the big 12, they're going to boot him before they go to sec. And wouldn't you love to be a brand new coach for the university of Texas in the first season at the sec and, you know, go four and eight or whatever. It's it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be insane because all the fans insist that they're not going to, oh, that doesn't bother me. It's just all that money. You just think about all that money. You think, well, <laughs> you it's going to bother you a little bit. Wait until like, yeah, you're checking, you're, you're cashing that $45 million check and also looking at a two and 10 record or three yeah. and nine record that year. Like, oh, it's fine. I mean, well, it's, no, it's, awesome. it's not, but <laughs> you can pack a hundred thousand in DKR to lose by three T's TDs to LSU. I mean, that's great happy and I'm really happy for you. I'm, I'm sorry you couldn't get a hundred thousand in there when the wildcats or the red Raiders came to town. Uh, we really feel bad Fox. for you. Yeah. But Hey, you know, ticket sales for that money that you do not see. And if you went to the game, you paid $12 for nachos. <laughs> right. So anyway, I, it's, I think you're right. I'm, I'm trying to temper it because I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like sour grapes. If tech was given the opportunity to go to the sec, yeah, it would freak me out. I would, and it jump would scare on me it. to death, but yeah, I, I would think they should do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would jump on it and be like, "Okay, so how do we how do we oh, build a, an SEC roster to be competitive in five years? Because it's oh, going to be <laughs> it's going to be difficult. We've got to play Bama how many times? Oh, we haven't played them since 06. <laughs> this is going to be but brutal. May, maybe with with as many teams the SEC has, like you'll get on that weird rotation. We don't play them for like six <laughs> or seven years." Yeah. If they do the pod. Yeah. Anyway, it's, I, I'm, I don't want to act like we wouldn't enjoy the same benefits, but I do think it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of the fans. Um, I mean, even OU fans too, because they have been so spoiled and so dominant. I mean, absolutely dominant in football in the big 12. There's no doubt they've been just a blast to, to watch as long as it's not your team. Um, Except against Kansas State, which I enjoy. But they just, they're going to have some trouble too. I think they're going to be a little bit more realistic about it. But we're just going to hear it uh, for I don't know how many years. Just just keep cashing those checks, baby. <laughs> That's That'll be the rebuttal to everything. That money's you know, Texas, nice. Texas loses to Mississippi State on a last second field goal. Yeah, but man, y'all are over there making $18 million a year and Texas make 48 I'm like, Great. Really happy for you. What did you get your mom with that money for Christmas? Just beautiful. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Should we, should we move on? I can, I can go for our next ad read if, 
Let's if do it. If you're man. ready. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We have to stop ourselves from talking about this because we've already talked about it way too more. We've still, we've, we've got a lot. We, who knows? Maybe this should be two episodes, Spencer. We'll see. Um, before we move on to the rest of the summer catch up that we wanted to touch base on, I wanted to remind you guys about Spotify green room. This is a live audio only sports talk platform. Download it, whatever you're doing, unless you're driving, pull over, download the Spotify green room app. If you already have a Spotify account, you can just link it and log in with that username, password, get rolling really quickly. You can follow me at uh, Michael McDonald. You can follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers. Free to download. You can talk to us. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, which is what we will do. I, um, a friend of the show, Scott with Bosco's Boys, Kansas State podcast, he happened to go live last week and I was at work and uh, I got the notification that he went live because I followed him and I jumped in just to listen to him. And it was really cool because he invited me to give my thoughts from a tech perspective that day on what was happening. So this is something we can do for you guys too. Whenever we're at the end of end of a hopefully glorious win here in Lubbock or a bitter defeat, you can hop on with us. We can pull you all into the podcast, get some feedback directly from you. Uh, we can start ongoing conversations. We can react to the biggest news together, rumors, all that kind of stuff. So you can join in on conversations with me and Spencer and have a chance to be featured on the 23 personnel podcast. We'll be hosting every week, Saturday evenings after football games. Come, come on, talk with us live. You'll get a notification where we're going. We can send a link through our Twitter. You can join us. Um, it's really kind of a blast. So all you need to do, download Spotify green room app. It's free in the iOS and Google play app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, Join our group and follow me, Michael McDonald, or Spencer, Spencer Rogers, and you'll be notified when our group goes live. Thanks. Yeah, man. Can't wait to do it. Now, we're going to go through these pretty quickly. Not going to run the the traditional baseball bumper, basketball, <laughs> intro music, football <laughs> tunes. We have too much to get through. Name, image, and likeness went into effect July 1st. Um, it's kind of a big deal for a couple days, and then like it... SEC media days, like Nick Saban's like, oh yeah, my quarterback who hasn't played it down is making seven figures. Like, of course, this kind of, we kind of figured that was going to happen. Like, and then we see guys like Austin McNamara posting in a Texas tech Facebook group. Like, Hey, reach out to me. If you want to, <laughs> you want some kind of sponsor you deal. Pun, punter wanna, endorsement? I don't know. Yeah. Um, sure. some get, Texas get, tech, get paid son. Some Texas tech players though, have inked deals and shared them. Uh, just a couple of them. Kevin McCuller has, has, I guess, uh, tweeted out a sponsorship deal with raising canes and he's got an apparel line, um, apparel also for Baron Morton, which was an interesting, interesting take for a guy that hasn't played a down for Texas tech yet. Uh, he's trying to sell some merchandise some t-shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so, Best of luck to you, Baron Morton, on selling a T-shirt. But TJ Shannon uh, announced uh, a deal with Las Brisas and some apparel. I know there was a uh, Cole Stillwell from the baseball team had like a was it like a marinade and sauce deal, which I thought was pretty yes. Cool. Oh, I was that was um, that's the one. 
aside from raising canes, that's the one I think I've been the most jealous of so yeah. far is, is a marinade <laughs> ad, advertising spokesman deal. Uh, and obviously some of your big name guys that you would think may have a deal, uh, like July 1st or 2nd, I know Tyler Shuck kind of tweeted out like, Hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm not locked down anywhere yet. Like I'm, I'm open to, to hearing any, anything that you guys got. Um, he hasn't announced any kind of deal yet. Uh, but in terms of like visible guys, like a big transfer like that playing quarterback, you would think he's going to have plenty of opportunities, but those are the, the main guys that we've seen at Texas tech announce some kind of deal. Um, we're still waiting on buns over Texas or blue sky to come through for Josh Berger. We'll see how that works out. Um, blue sky. I, I feel like they should, they're, I think a corporate sponsor. Yeah. They've got it. They've got to throw their weight around in there. Cap rock, maybe cap rock cafe. Yeah. But yeah. So like the, the news about, you know, saving his quarterback, making that much money is like, we, we kind of figured that was going to happen. Like it would be a little more, more legitimate, uh, revenue stream for these players, but that the rich would get richer. Um, how shrewd was but, that but of Saban, by the way, to kind no, of act like it annoyed him, but it was also, Hey, come to Alabama, <laughs> come to Alabama and make hundreds of thousands of dollars before you even play it down. Don't even take a snap. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yes, the players, this is long overdue. Like they should absolutely be able to monetize their name likeness image. They should be able to make money however they want to. Right. Um, the cynic in me is going to see things like the Alabama quarterback and be like, they're just finding ways to funnel money into recruits to, you know, as a recruiting advantage, like we will get you paid here. If you come to see us. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think there's going to be some shady stuff go on. Don't know really how to combat it, but I also think it's sort of the price to pay to let a kid sign a jersey with his own name on it and sell it on eBay or or something like that or yeah, and, and sell some game worn shoes or you know because Mooney Menzel and, and or, Owens they did that, but they yeah, had to wait till they, till they graduated had graduated and people paid handsomely for it because it was a sought after item. Yeah. And it wasn't that Manziel that got kind of in hot water. Is that him or, yes. or Mayfield where like he was, he was selling autographed materials like as I believe he should be able to, but like as a current NCAA athlete, like, no, you can't do that. And we're going to blah, blah, blah. We'll get you in trouble. And yeah, it was dumb. All right. Anyways. So, Th- that is so obviously uh, still fresh and new in the college athletics world. Uh, see how that continues to develop, especially for Texas tech athletes. Cause you want to see them do well. Um, speaking of athletes doing well, let's, let's jump over to baseball. Let's do a quick recap on the M the major league baseball draft. We figured Texas tech would get hit hard by the draft. You had, Two, four, six, eight, nine guys drafted, maybe 10. I, I couldn't find the details on, on Bruce Dosky besides that he did sign with the Brewers. Uh, you had 10 guys on your current roster get drafted anywhere from Cal Conley uh, in the fourth round to the Braves down to Dylan Noisy, who didn't play very much this year, went into the 17th round to the Twins. Uh, everything I've been able to see Cal Conley, Drew Breaker, Braxton Fulford, Mason Montgomery, Montgomery, 
Ryan Sublet, Hunter Dobbins, Patrick Monteverdi, Dylan Noisy, and Jacob Rustowski all drafted and signed and will be playing professionally moving forward. The one guy we didn't see get drafted who said he's coming back, Brandon Birdsell, pitcher. He went in the 11th round of the Twins, did not sign. I've got more details on this in the show notes that you can find on Staking the Plains. Most of them signed below their draft value, slot value. Um, you know, whatever you want to read into that. Um, you did see you, you, your recruiting class got, got hit hard too. Um, you had several guys in your recruiting class get drafted and signed to professional teams. Uh, but th- th- there was one story that said like the slot value for this, this pick, this recruit was like $200,000 and he signed a deal for like a million. And I think it was Keith with Red Raider dugout uh, and Dinger Derby said, yeah, the, that's a way to get a, a, rec- a recruit to sign a major league contract is to pay him five times the slot value. But <laughs> the, the good thing, all these players super successful. You wish them the best troubling thing for Texas tech is this team next year is going to look so different. Um, and these just guys, the guys that we're talking about that, that draft, they got drafted and not, not the transfers out. Like you had Micah Dallas announce he's transferring to A&M. Um, Nate Romback is going to Dallas Baptist. Uh, just to name a couple, you will have a couple of guys coming in. Uh, actually today, uh, left-handed pitcher Garrett Crowley from Fordham is transferring in uh, a little while ago. Outfielder da- Dalton Porter from Texas. He played a little bit this year is transferring into Texas tech. Um, but the team next year, it's going to look so, so different. Yeah. I mean, uh, all these guys, <laughs> they played a lot of baseball for Texas tech last year. Yeah. It, it, so it feels it, like it's, it's going to be wild. It, it feels like, you know, while you've had lots of guys drafted before, like it was a mixed bag, whether or not they were signing and coming back or leaving, but like all of them outside of Burtzel are, are leaving. Right. Um, I mean, Jace Young will be back. Thank goodness. Nobody else on your infield is coming back. Like Romback's gone. Um, St- Stillwell, I guess he played infield some at first. Parker Kelly, maybe he'll be around. Yeah, maybe. But you know, your outfield is basically all gone with Baker, um, Noisy. You had some other guys kind of rotate out there, whether it was Morell or Marshock. Marshock transferred as well. I saw. I'm remembering. Um, anyways, but yeah, that, that's what I've got for for baseball. Just just a heads up. Your team next year is going to look a lot different. We'll talk about this uh, in February, and we'll obviously get you keyed in with Keith and Dinger Derby and Red Raider Dugout, but. Uh, just an update from the MLB draft. Next NBA draft was last week. Mac McClung uh, was one of the, the, the key guys you were watching. He ended up going undrafted, but did sign a training camp deal with the Lakers. Um, Already some highlight video of him tonight in one of the, one of the summer games. He had a, he had a steal at the top of the key and, and drove it all the way for a kind of an awkward reverse layup. But it went in. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, but I think the biggest news was Terrence Shannon ended up withdrawing from the NBA draft and will be coming back to Texas Tech. He yes. will end up taking that 13th and last scholarship spot for the team. So you're probably done adding 
to the roster. Um, but you've got this, I'm, I'm going through this list of transfers. These are just transfers, aren't recruits uh, that are coming in this year for the basketball team guard Davion Warren from Hampton. He scored 21.2 points per game last year, more than six rebounds and three assists guard Malik Wilson from Louisiana Lafayette scored almost 13 points a game, five and a half rebounds, three and a half, 3.2 assists and two point two steals per game guard or wing KJ Allen, who we all saw from last chance you out of East LA community college, 18 and a half points, 9.3 rebounds, almost two assists and almost two steals per game. Uh, guard wing Adonis arms from Winthrop transferring in 10.4 points, four and a half rebounds per game. Wing slash forward Sadar Calhoun from Missouri state slash Florida state. Uh, only played a little bit in the COVID shortened year for Florida state last year. Um, but did really big things for Missouri state. He scored almost 19 points a game for them. The latest I think was uh wing slash forward Kevin Obanar from or Obanor Obanner Obanner. I think Kevin Obanner from Oral Roberts. Almost 19 points per game, almost 10 rebounds per game. That, that was the one that kind of rocked the boat here at the end of, at the end of this recruiting cycle. Yeah, I mean, Oral Roberts went deep in the tournament, especially yeah. deeper than they thought. I've got to be careful talking about deep Oral. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, and then the two big guys, the Ford, Bryce, Bryson Williams from UTEP and Fresno State. Uh, he, you know, as a, big- he was, uh, sorry. I, I think he kind of, before we did our summer break was right when that news hit. So I don't know if we've ever talked about him on the podcast either. That was definitely over the summer. And he, he was a guy that we were all excited about as well. Cause you know, it's a big guy, but also scores a lot of points, mm-hmm. um, 15.1 points per game and a little more than seven rebounds a game. And then a forward slash center, Daniel Bacho. 6'11", 250 out of Arizona. Didn't play last year for Arizona, so he'll have a full four years left. But I didn't read the sizes. Uh, they're all going to be listed on, on the notes, but like they're basically all the same size. <laughs> Whether they're guard okay. or wings or forwards or whatever, however you want to break that down. But they're basically 6'6", 6'7", 6'5", 6'8", in that range. I'm, I'm coming around a little bit on not needing a true big man because of the last three that you just read six, eight, six, eight, and six eleven. So I feel like this team is going to at any time be able to field five guys. And the shortest one's going to be six, six. So they've got a lot of depth. I mean, there's even talk about McCullough playing point guard this year. We'll see. Right. We will see. <laughs> so it's I, okay. I'm coming around. I'm kind of around, uh, you know, there's going to be some size down low, the, especially with Williams and O'Banner. I hope that's how you say his name. Gosh, we got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and we'll just see how, ba- how Bacho does. He's kind of lean. He's 6'11", 245, but, um, you know, recovering from a knee injury. We'll see how much he gets to roll in there. I still think it's Santo Silva's job to lose that five spot, but there's a solid rotation of a, a, lot, a lot of arms that can get in a lot of people's faces. Right. And I think we saw um, with 
Central Silva last year that like, yeah, he was six, eight, but he also played a lot bigger than that. You're kind of hoping to see that continue with guys like Obinar and Bryson Williams that are also six, eight, but that can get in there um, and grab some, some reboard, re reboards, some reboards. Yeah. Rebounds boards. <laughs> but as much as the baseball team's going to be different, this is like 85% of your basketball team. So obviously you're going to have Terrence Shannon. You're going to have Kevin McCullough. You're going to have Chibuzo Agbo. Um, but this is the, the, the meat of your team next year. All right. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about football because media day is this week, fall camp right around the corner. First game is in a month, Michael. Um, Ooh. Ooh, it is. <laughs> so in getting on board with, with starting to get into that football mindset, I was reading an article over on inside the red Raiders, uh, about some guys to watch and keep your eye on and fall camp. Um, and I want to read those to you really quickly. Wide receiver, Kalen Geiger, the transfer from Troy. Uh, we all think he may be an inside returner type guy. Defensive back safety, Reggie Pearson transfer from Wisconsin. The thing that gets me here, and it was, um, what the article on inside the Red Raiders was talking about was like, you've been wanting a physical defense for quite a while. And what Pearson brings, he was the big hitter from a very physical defense at Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. So he, he you're hope to bring it, hope to bring in that same kind of mentality uh, and kind of up the physicality on, on your defense on a group that's been making strides in the right direction the past two or three years now um, running back Cameron Valdez. And I think what we're looking at here is, is the opportunity to kind of make a name for himself early with Sir Roderick Thompson still kind of working back from that shoulder injury, right? Like he's, we saw Matt Wells talk about it in big 12 media days that Thompson's going to be limited going into fall camp and, you know, hopefully he'll be coming back, you know, towards early part of the season. That's going to open the door for guys like Xavier white, um, Chidarius Townsend, Cameron Valdez to really say, no, I, I, I deserve to be playing. Here's why. So one of the guys mm -hmm. to look for, he's the only freshman, incoming recruit on this list of five uh, Cameron Valdez defensive end Robert Wooten coming in from Virginia tech and then cornerback Malik Dunlap from North Carolina, North Carolina state, excuse me. Um, and then just as much as we talked about the transfers for basketball uh, for those five guys, I just mentioned Geiger Pearson Wooten and Dunlap are all transfers of other guys, obviously Tyler Shuck that we talked about coming in from Oregon. Um, we saw recently uh, as the off season summer workout program is kind of coming to an end. Dave Schultz, the strength and conditioning coach posting some results. Um, Shuck came in and was talking about like, so he's now six, five two thirty. Like he's a big dude. Like this is uh, pushing Taylor Potts size. Yeah. But with more of a, Seth Dagey mobility. Oh man. Now don't let's not sully the, we, we love, we stand for Seth Dagey on this podcast. We cape that, up. That's for that, bold. Man. That is, and I'm not, we're not being sarcastic. No, no, no. Dagey was fantastic. <laughs> Probably one of the most underrated Texas tech quarterbacks the past yes. decade. We will, we will or always bring that up whatever we can. Cornerback Rashad Williams from UCLA, um, also a big deal. Like if he's, if he's going to stay at corner six, three, 200, like he's going to be covering, like be able to cover the biggest of receivers out there. 
You're not going to see like a 5'11 guy going against a 6'5, 6'6 receiver anymore. Uh, offensive tackle TJ Stormont coming from TCU. Uh, he had one of the, the, the transformation highlights from, from Scholes, uh, 6'7, 320, but he talked about how his weight hasn't changed so much, but that his body fat has really dropped. Um, so still a big dude, has quite a bit of size to him, but it's more muscle than, than fat. Uh, same thing for linebacker Josiah Pierre coming in from Florida. Same thing, his same weight. He's 6'2", 230, but he said he dropped his body fat from like 17 or 14% to 7%. The picture is like ridiculous. Dude is shredded. You know, like that is an intimidating linebacker. And then mm-hmm. finally, defensive back Marquise Waters from Duke. 6'1", 215. Um, I don't know. I wanted to share it because it, it popped up when I was going through all this. Tyler, Tyler Shuck. It always feels weird to call him Tyler Shuck. Quarterback Shuck participated in the Manning Passing Academy. Um, and that's more of a, a camp for, for high schoolers. But they do, they do bring in college uh, athletes to act as counselors and camp staff, but they also get to learn from the Mannings and they have their own skills competition. They, all, they, they put on their own competition and game at the end of the camp. So it's, it's kind of a big deal. Like you've seen a lot of big name quarterbacks have gone to this camp passing Academy before. Um, first one for tech since I know it's going to kind of refute the point I just made, but Scotty young, um, who was out of Abilene like 10 years ago. Didn't end up playing. I think he transferred to Louisiana Tech or something. But anyway. Well, it's, it's worth mentioning. I mean, the, Shuck's getting a lot of preseason love. I, I still don't think Wells has made a determination. He did kind of drop a big bomb at Media Days saying that this is the biggest or the most talented Big 12 quarterback room. Not Big 12. Texas Tech quarterback room mm-hmm. ever. Which... <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit, bro. I mean, I don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, he feels really confident about these guys. This is the thing to take from that. And Shuck's got to be a big reason for it. Uh, based on everything we've seen or heard, which is not a whole lot. It's all the same chatter you've seen or heard. It's probably his starting job to lose at this point. I didn't fully believe that when he first came on, I was, I'm not going to be surprised well, I am going to be surprised at this point. At first, I was not going to be surprised if he charted out, trotted out Columbia on the first drive or something in Houston. So it looks like it'll probably be Shuck. Um, I don't want to pin too much on him, but it's just there's just a lot. He, he's, it's a new quarterback, a new system, a new offensive coordinator with a new system, a bunch of new players rotating in, doesn't have his – you know, as a comma won't be back, at least he won't be back full strength early on. Yeah. Week one. Yeah. You know, he, <clears throat> you know, running back to, you mentioned the running back depth. It's going to be hurting a little bit the first few weeks. We'll just have to see what happens. But the thing to do is to root as hard as you can for Texas tech and the remaining of the, the, um, what do we call them? Are we the, the hateful eight? The irate eight? Irate eight. I don't, know. Eight. I don't, I don't know. know. It's all stupid. If it's not Shuck, though, you need to get fully on board and behind Donovan Smith. Dude is also apparently filled out his frame. I think he's also 6'4", 6'5", and 220, 230. 
range. Like he's a big dude. Now he, he came in a little undersized, a little smaller as he like hit a growth spurt and stretched out. Dude, put some weight on. Looks good. I mentioned this to Rob bro, friend of the show recently or today. He talked about, um, Gus Johnson calling tech games, hopefully yeah. with the new Fox contract in a few years, you know, just some wishful thinking. And I said, gosh, I can't wait for him just to say the name Donovan. Just picture it. Donovan Smith. You know, I mean, he could just, there was some, there's some way he'll be able to do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I guess, I guess we should get it. I actually tweeted out you questions. Did. And we, <laughs> tonight. We, we got some responses. Let's <laughs> get those the first time in forever. <laughs> uh, so we can r- wrap this up. Uh, cause this is a longer episode and it's kind of a joke. Our, our summer shorts weren't really all that short of episodes, there, but they were, you know, half as long as tonight's, but yeah, we got our long pants on tonight. Yeah. So, so you asked, uh, you said we're going to discuss realignment and summer rundown and all things tech, send any comments our way. So first up, David Morales day at David M O one, two Oh six, three, nine, seven, three gents. First off, keep up the good work. Thanks for listening, David. Thanks, David. Now the question I have is this, what university do you think has the highest percentage of students that actually played high school football? I'm going to say tech LSU and Mississippi state. I tried to Google this quickly to back up my theory. Cause I responded to him and saying, I'm thinking it's gotta be the colleges that have the most students from small high schools, because that's just statistically, if you went to a small high school, you had a better chance of making the football team. <laughs> Than if you went to a big one like me, I was just semi-athletic and willing. And so I got to just walk on and play my senior year having never played before and it being extremely obvious that I had never played before. <laughs> but they took me anyway. And yeah, I was like the backup to the backups, but I was on the team. So had I gone to a school in the Metroplex or or school in Lubbock necessarily. I would not have been able to do that. I, yeah, so that's, I mean, I think he's got some, I just think that's where you got to look at. Where do these, where do most of the students come from? If they come from small, small towns and you figure with tech. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of local kids from Littlefield, Brownfield level in that are, you know, just going to head down the road and go to Lubbock and kids like me from Merkel by God, Texas that are going to head that way. So I think he's got some, I think he's got a good point there. I, I, I added Oklahoma state to the list. I'm sure there's other ones, you know, I'm, I feel like, um, I know it's not a P a power five or whatever, but North Dakota state, a place like that. Maybe. Yeah. There's probably a lot of kids, a high percentage of kids that played football. I mean, I don't know, just kind of an interesting question, but I have no idea how to answer it. Uh, with any sort of facts or statistics, just me rambling. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board with your, your theory that like student population that comes mostly from small towns and smaller schools, um, going to produce a lot of high school athletes that wouldn't be able to make it onto a, a college team. So I'm, I'm there with you. I, I would say Texas tech has a, has a high, high number there. So, yeah. and I think Mississippi state Starkville, that's a great comparison. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that's probably up there. Uh, I think the ones he listed are pretty good. I would almost, I was almost going to include UTEP, but I mean, El Paso's huge. And there's just not a lot of towns that close to El Paso. Things are, if you think things are spread out in Lubbock, things are even more spread out in far West Texas. It's so just what crazy. About, <laughs> what about schools like Auburn that are, are in smaller towns in a, very 
in a part of the country where a lot of people play football. Yeah. I wondered that too. I thought about, uh, you know, the, some of the Florida schools too, like UCF might have a lot of kids that have played they're, football. They're also in like big cities like UCF is in Orlando and they also have like 50 or 60,000 students. Yeah. But which I guess Florida can a, get pretty rural pretty quick. Yeah, sure. So I All mean, right. I don't know. William it's, it's interesting thought. William Dylan Powell at Texas mischief. I like that. If we do end up joining forces with the pack, we're going to need some free range, vegan, locally sourced, fair trade, carbon neutral tortillas to throw. And then he's got this perfect gift of a nice lady flipping some tortillas on what looks like a four foot wide comal. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful gift. I love it. Yeah. No, you're for sure going to need um, some. I, whatever the, the things you just listed. <laughs> some kind of uh, like a really long label on, on your tortilla package to be able to throw it um, or, or just go like full on like a package of Leal's and like, just take it out there with you and be like, no, like we're going to throw tortillas. We're going to throw the real thing. You know what? If, if I made tortillas, I would somehow seal them or stamp them with Ooh. something. It's just like a, like a Texas Tech brand on it. Yeah, put a brand on it. That way, when... Not that it's... If and when the inevitable high-def 4K camera zooms in on the tortilla that landed next to the pylon in bright... Or, or in, in big, bold letters, it says Leal's on the tortilla. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You get, your, you get your little advertisement there. Yeah, for sure. All right. After... An hour and a half. We're going to call it good for this week on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We're going to get back into a normal recording schedule, especially as we get closer to Texas Tech football. That's a month away. Uh, we do have some pregame news lined up. Be looking for that. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.